You're listening to the Alchemical Tech Revolution, and I'm your host, Wayne McCroy. Good evening, everyone. Tonight, we're going to discuss a little something about the mind and the power of the air. And uh, this uh, message tonight comes from the Holy Bible, in addition to some other places. Uh, But we're going to make particular reference to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, where we're going to talk about a couple of things and lay a couple ideas out for people who may not understand why it is that we're in the state of affairs we are in today in this world. Uh, So with that being said, uh, we're going to break into the Holy Scripture here, and then we're going to take a little sidetrack to try to uh, flesh out some of these ideas a little better for people. Uh, Because we'll see that there's some very important ideas that need to be discussed with this whole thing so that we could come to grips with where we are in the current state of things. Let's read into the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, and we're going to start at verse 2. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at the to- that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. And that was Ephesians chapter 2, folks. So 
what's the point of all of this? Why did I read through all of this? Well, there's some very important uh, issues here to raise and, and some important things to discuss. We read first in uh, verse 2 there. It says, Where in times past ye walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So, who is that talking about? Who's the prince of the power of the air? Well, in the uh, Christian theological viewpoint, this would be Lucifer or Satan. Uh, this is the prince of the power of the air. Now, this designation is an important one because a prince is an authority figure. Uh, this, is, this is somebody who has dominion over a certain kingdom or a certain place. We could infer from the reading here that Lucifer, or Satan, would be the prince of the power of the air, which also is synonymous with this world. So he has spiritual authority in this world right now. And that's what people don't understand. He was given this authority by God Almighty to do these certain things here because this is to test the spirit of man. That's why there's evil in this place. We could not have the free will principle if we didn't have a choice if we had no choice in the matter that's why god created us with free will and he put the choices out for us all right so we have the choice we could follow god's laws for us or or god's uh, natural laws for us or we could choose to disobey those and follow after the lusts of the flesh here what's important to understand here is the course of this world, as it says here, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. The whole premise here is the, these are people that are bound in legalism. They know, they know, inherently mankind knows the difference between right and wrong. See, this was part of the gift given to us. This is part of the gift. It's, it was both a blessing and a curse to be given this gift of free will. Because we do have the choice to choose between right and wrong. And we inherently know the difference between right and wrong in most cases. And uh, we can weigh these things within our spirit. But the, the problem is, sometimes people choose to do the wrong things for their own selfish or lustful reason. And that's according to the working of this power in, in this world. And that's part of the whole point here is there are spiritual authorities that have dominion in this place and they're allowed by the creator to tempt men or to lead men astray because this is a testing of man and we all have this free will aspect to us so we can make the choice for ourselves so the things that we do that affect us are decided by us which direction we're going we're given this option but we are presented with the temptation so that's that's the premise here and that this this figure this prince of the power of the air has dominion here now what does that exactly mean prince of the power of the air we see this described here and many people probably are kind of at a loss to think about what this means does this mean that this spirit this entity this this prince this uh, spirit that has dominion lucifer if you will has the the bible refers to him or satan who has this power he could control like the air currents and the wind and stuff like that is that what that means and no and this is where people kind of lose the direction a little bit 
because a lot of this is actually built upon philosophical ideas. So tonight we're going to go ahead and expound a little bit upon the principle of the power of the air so that people could have a better understanding of this and how it relates uh, to different things. Just to flesh out some of these ideas, we see that this uh, infers that there is this uh, spiritual dominion given over this place, this world we live in, uh, by the Creator. He allows Satan, or Lucifer, however you want to refer to this being, this fallen angelic being. He is a prince. He has this, this princely authority in this place. So he's not a king. So he doesn't have full dominion over this realm. But as a prince, he has a certain air of authority about him, doesn't he? Uh, so when he's given dominion over, first of all, this world, and we see how he's run rampant here, and uh, how many of these things have run rampant here in this world, we see that that stands true, that he does have some type of an authority. His authority is based on lies and deception, because we must be presented with this in order that we can make a choice. That's part of the gift, the blessing and the curse, that is free will. See, we could choose to go in opposition to God and nature, or we could choose to stand with God and nature and fall in line with the creation, how we were intended to be and, and live up to our full potentials in that way. Or we could stand in opposition to that and go the other way towards this whole sort of uh, self-deluded type of seeking of worldly power. That's where in the distinction lies. Are we going to aim for loftier, higher things, more spiritual ideas, or are we going to get ourselves trapped in the material paradigm? And that is what uh, this is all about. That's what this Prince of the Power of the Air's dominion is about. It's about trapping people in the material paradigm, this material world paradigm, the physical, the purely physical world. And that's wherein this whole idea comes from. So if this prince with this this dominion over the physical here if he can get us to give our free will over to being caught up in the things of this world and being caught up in this materialism then he has power and dominion over us and spiritual authority over us but the thing is this doesn't start here in the physical even though that's where we are bound, right? And that's where we make our choice towards. This all starts elsewhere, and this has everything to do with what does it mean, Prince of the Power of the Air? Air, folks, in various philosophical elemental ideas and, and principles, air is associated with spirit or mind. The mind, mostly the mind. The principle of air is bound up with the mind. So, where this authority comes in, and wherein this Prince of the Power of the Air has dominion, is in your mind. It's about mind control. That's why they are always, always, always trying to warp your mind and your thoughts and steer the direction you go. Because if they could control your mind and shift your mind to be uh, geared towards this purely, strictly materialist world... Then they got you. See, that, that's the whole thing. Then this prince of the power of the air, he has you. 
under his authority and dominion. And he's stolen this from the Father, from God the Father. But God the Father allows him to do this because it's about the testing of the soul. Will you fall into this trap, per se? Will you allow your mind to be manipulated? Because that's where the real battle goes on, folks. It's in the human mind. It starts there. And it spills over into everything else. So it's a spiritual battle. And it starts in the mind. Uh, and air is that representative of mind. So with that in mind, we're going to go ahead and we're going to read a little something here called the rhythm of mind. The law of rhythm reigns in the world of mind quite as much as in the world of life. The only difference, in fact, between the two being that the mental vibration is on a higher plane than that of life. Life, or prana, is on the astral octave, while manas, or mind, is upon the mental octave. The lowest mental vibration is, therefore, one step higher than the highest vibration on the astral plane. And I'm going to pause there for a moment there. Uh, this is talking about the law of rhythm, and this is from the uh, viewpoint of the occultists. Okay, So they would view the astral plane as being kind of synonymous with your, your spiritual plane being spirit, being one step above the physical here. And then uh, they're, they're also talking about mind, and they're talking about octaves. And there's uh, some of uh, metaphysical science to back up the whole octave idea. The octave is a very important concept here. And uh, this, this reaches into a, a metaphysical teaching about octaves. But uh, this is talking about uh, your prana energy or astral energy. It's an astral octave where that would be of spirit, and then there's uh, the mental vibration, or manas, or mental octave, which is a step above that. So it starts with mind. It works through spirit and then into physical. So this is the, the scenario here when we're looking at this from the, this perspective. The power of the air, it's the power over the mind. So the battleground begins in your mind, it permeates through your spirit, and then from your spirit it manifests in the material. Once it manifests in the material, and if you're trapped uh, solely thinking in terms of materialist ideas, well then your mind and spirit will follow into that paradigm. And then you generally will kind of get trapped in that state of mind, that state of thinking. Let, let's read on here and see if we could clarify a little better here as we get through the passage here. The student must grasp the idea of mind separate and apart from thought. Mind is the material out of which thoughts are formed. Mind is universally diffused throughout space in the same way as the ether, prana, or, and astral matter. It is, therefore, a form of energy and not merely thought. The rhythm of mind governs all the activities of the mind stuff. When the atoms of the inner akasha, or budai, i.e. the cosmic energy, begin to vibrate in accordance with the rhythm of mind, they are drawn together and held by cohesion, thus forming the ultimate mental atom, the unit of all mind stuff. The mental octave is composed of seven notes governing the seven subplanes of its vibratory activity. All mental vibration is on one of these subplanes and is governed by one of these notes. 
A thought is an organism, a mental electron, so to speak, formed by the union of a number of the ultimate mental atoms governed by the same rate of vibration given to the thought itself, this particular vibration. A compound thought is a mental atom formed by the union of a number of simple thought electrons governed by a chord peculiar to them all. A complex thought is a mental molecule formed by the union of several compound thought atoms governed by a single keynote. A thought form is a body of unorganized mind stuff insold by a thought. And I'm going to pause there, and it sounds like a whole lot of gibberish, folks. Uh, like I said, this is, you know, from the angle of the occultists or the occult teachings. So what it's trying to clarify here is mind is something different from thought, okay? Thought emanates from mind. But mind is actually a type of substance, per se, that exists on a higher frequency type level from what the physical is, and things emanate from there. So thoughts emanate from there, and these thoughts will become manifest by frequency or vibration. So it, it steps down through the different octaves into the physical through first the spiritual different ideas of it. It's kind of hard to describe if you're not familiar with some of these these concepts. They, they think in terms, see, the occultists think in terms of there's the physical world, there's the astral world, and then there's the mental world. And that each one is a step down from the other. And uh, everything manifests first in the mental, steps down through the, the astral or the spiritual, and then manifests here in the physical or material. Uh, so that being the case, they, they claim that these are separated by a type of octave system. Like the, these octaves exist at a higher waveform than others. And this is kind of how they describe it. An apt type of description for this would be similar to uh, an old-fashioned radio, where you could tune the dial to certain frequencies and tune in the stations. Well, this would be like tuning in a higher station, higher frequency station. This would be like equivalent to shifting up that octave. Anyway, I, I hope I didn't lose everybody with this yet, so let, let's keep reading, because there's some more important ideas as we get further into this reading as well. And it all touches upon the idea of the mental, the mind, the air, the equivalence of this. And you could see how uh, the idea of frequency, mind, and air kind of all interlock, because frequency travels through the air same way it travels through the mind, and it travels as thoughts. This, this waveform could be considered thought. And a lot of times this is where we wind up having a, a better understanding of, of what does this mean? Having power of the air, the power over the mind to influence thought. That's exactly the power that was given to Lucifer, the, the power to influence human thoughts. And he has done so, hasn't he? Each thought has a definite rate of vibration, is, in fact, the result of that vibration, hence it follows that there are as many thoughts as there are vibrations on the mental plane. The same vibration will, in all cases, organize the same thought. The more gross thoughts occupy the lower notes of the octave, while the higher and finer ones are governed by the higher notes. The higher the rate of vibration is, the higher will be the quality of the thought, and vice versa. In order that thought may manifest itself to the physical consciousness, it must have a physical medium to offer the necessary resistance to enable it to manifest itself. The brain has been provided for that purpose. It is in this sense that the brain is the organ of the mind. And I'm going to pause there, folks, and this is an important idea. 
The brain and the mind are not one and the same. The brain is the organ of the mind. See, it's a tool that the mind uses to manifest in this physical reality, or thought uses to manifest in this physical reality. It's the receiver. It's like the radio receiver. The signal's there. It's picked up by the mind, and the mind presents that frequency in the physical. That's what the brain does. It, it represents the, the tuner, the radio tuner, in the, the analogy we used. Anyway, let's read on. The brain is composed of tissue so organized as to offer the necessary resistance to thought vibration and to nothing else. It is in this way that the mind is enabled to function through the brain. As the various rates of mental vibration expressing themselves in the form of corresponding thoughts may be grouped into classes, each class or vibration resulting in a corresponding class of thoughts, even so may all thoughts be divided into classes. The point which the student must bear in mind is that thoughts of a certain class or quality all have the same vibratory note. In a word, character of thought is the result of a corresponding vibratory note. Hence, thoughts having the same general character have also the same note of vibration. In order that this class of thoughts may be generated, there must be a quantity of brain tissue adapted to the expression of such vibration. In other words, unless there is some part of the brain adapted to the vibration in such a way as to offer to it the requisite degree of resistance, it will be impossible for the vibration to manifest itself as a thought. These different classes of thoughts, with their different vibratory notes, constitute the diverse faculties of the mind. And I'm going to pause there again. Hope I'm not losing everybody on this idea. Ever wonder why some people just don't get it? Well, this is one way that this gets explained. And one way that we could see where when our general health is manipulated by uh, modifications made to our food and water and the air quality and different medical interventions, uh, how this could play a part in this. If it hampers our, our brain, the physical brain, from actually functioning in this way where it's able to pick up on these different thoughts it it damages the radio receiver so to say this is where why it's such a, a a very apt analogy for how consciousness works because the brain would be your your tuner your, your radio tuner if you have the the radio set in front of you it picks up a signal well this signal would be the spirit and the signal is broadcast from a, a central location this would be synonymous with mind so it's 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 broadcast from mind it goes through spirit, the signal through the air, and it's tuned by the tuner, which is in the physical body, the brain. So this, this physical thing, this brain, would be your tuner. If the tuner's damaged, you pick up a uh, muffled signal or a distorted signal. Oftentimes, that's what I would say happens. The, the signal from whatever this thought is, or sometimes you can't even pick up certain signals of a certain frequency if the tuner's broken. So some people get it and some people don't. And this is one plausible explanation as to why. We could see how when we look at this quote-unquote prince of the power of the air could affect these different things in different ways like that. Like I said, it starts with mind. So if he has power over the transmission and the communication and the receiver, if he damages the receiver, then the signal kind of gets lost or, or distorted. And this is what the enemy of our soul is so good at, is distorting the signal or distorting the message. 
So that that's something we need to keep in mind. And I know sometimes people get lost with this quote-unquote occult science or, or the metaphysics of this stuff. But it's important to understand what it is that they, they teach and believe. Because in order to understand why they do the things that they do, we need to understand what their thought process is. And this actually, I think, holds some truths as well as possibly some distortions. But there's a lot here that makes perfect sense. So uh, when we think in terms of the way we have, where if you equate uh, the idea of thinking or the thought process or the mind as being, or the soul or spirit, consciousness, if, it, if you will, consciousness being analogous to how a radio works, then you could understand why sometimes things get lost in translation here or get distorted. And this could be one of the, the plausible explanations as to why. But let's read on. As each faculty must have a quantity of brain matter specially adapted to the expression of its particular vibratory note, in order that it may manifest in thought, it follows that different parts of the brain must be assigned to the diverse faculties with special adaptation to their special notes of vibration. This is the real foundation of the functional areas of the brain. As a section of the brain becomes adapted to a particular vibratory chord, it is for that very reason unfitted for the manifestation of any other chord. For the above reason, the existence of definite sections of the brain for each faculty of the mind is absolutely necessary. If the same quality of matter prevailed throughout the brain, there could only one faculty operate, namely that whose vibrations were governed by the same chord to which the brain itself was keyed. Phrenology is, therefore, the only possible basis of psychology. The strength of a faculty is determined by the length of the brain fiber. The fiber running from the brain cells to the brain center in return forms the circuit, over which the mental impulse must pass in order to make the connection of cells, and thus realize itself in a thought corresponding to the impulse in the rate of vibration, and therefore being that impulse expressed in form. And I'm going to pause there, and I don't think I necessarily agree with that. I don't think it necessarily has to do particularly or solely with the structure of the brain or the brain fiber here, as the author is arguing, but uh, there might be something to this idea, because don't we always see that they're, they're messing with brain function and neuronal function and things like that, disrupting neuronal channels and trying to reroute neuronal channels, and that might be for this type of an express purpose, right? To block different thought forms, per se, or different types of thoughts. Things focused more on spiritual or abstract ideas, per se, and bound to more physical thoughts, right? But anyway, I, I don't want to belabor that point for too long, because I think there is some good foundational ideas here. I also don't necessarily agree with uh, phrenology, therefore, being the only possible basis of psychology. That would be uh, from the terms of the strict materialist, I would say. You know, that being the case, uh, we could see how much of these hermetic sciences and old occult sciences, or alchemical sciences per se, have been twisted and distorted into what is now called the cybernetics approach to things. And that's exactly what it's talking about here, because it's talking in a different type of phraseology about feedback loops. So we could see there's, there's some inherent value to these ideas. Let, let's read on. 
The length of the brain fiber determines the strength and power of the thought. It is for this reason that phrenologists count the strength of a faculty according to the distance of the surface of its brain area from the brain center, thus securing a fair estimate of the length of the brain fiber. This is what is meant by the relative size of an organ, vis-a-vis the length of its brain fiber and the consequent length of the mental circuit, which the impulse must make in forming the connection in order to become a thought. And I'm going to pause there again. Once again, this is inferring to different cybernetics principles, feedback loops, things of that nature. Feedback, feedback loops. This is a distortion, what's being brought up here. But let's read on. Now, the author says in the next sentence here, and he's got this all in caps, this whole sentence, so I'm going to read it. In order that the mental impulse may express itself in thought, there must be a brain fiber of such quality as to respond to the vibration set up by that impulse of the mind and offer the necessary resistance to enable it to manifest in thought. In a word, unless the fiber has the quality of resistance to the mental impulse, by the overcoming of which the vibration may be carried along the fiber to the cells, it is utterly impossible for the impulse to manifest through this particular fiber, and if there is no such fiber in the entire brain, it will be impossible in that case for the impulse to manifest in thought at all. That is why so many of us are limited in the range of thought which we are able to express. It also accounts for the fact that we are constantly haunted with mental impulses which we are utterly unable to express in thought, but which continue to haunt us like the ghosts of ideas. And I'm going to pause there, folks. Once again, inferring that this is all based upon the this physical materialist plane here. Now, this, this leads directly into what we would call the science of cybernetics or the uh, the science of whole systems control where they're looking at the brain and the nervous system as a system to be controlled and what this this is actually teaching here this is a bridge between the spiritual ideas and the physical ideas because they believe that the spiritual ideas cannot manifest unless they're conveyed through this physical means so they don't think it's possible for these different thoughts to form in this way. So when you look at some of this stuff, you could see how and why many of these people, uh, especially those that are caught up in the idea of, say, the transhumanist movement or all of these different ideologies, why they seem to put such emphasis on trying to map the brain and brain function and try to garner control of that and equate it to computer algorithms to merge the the brain of man with the machine and think this will merge the mind of man with the machine see because what they're saying here is if you don't have the right brain fiber to manifest these certain thoughts then you cannot and will not manifest these thoughts so is this what they're trying to induce in people See, to bring them back down to this parody of being stuck in this materialist paradigm. This, this is a bridge, okay, a bridge between the occult sciences or the old alchemical sciences and what we would consider our modern science. Right here, this is a foundation upon which much of uh, the cybernetics philosophy or the cybernetics viewpoint of things is and what our modern science would suggest, the modern sciences of psychology, biology, biotechnology, neurobiotech, all of this stuff where, where they're trying to, to map out the brain 
in a physical sense and think that this could relate directly to thought processes or directly to mind or consciousness, this is where the bridge is. Thoughts like this coming from these different occult places, these occult philosophers and stuff like that, is where they're bridging the gap with this thing and why they're pursuing these physical things in a sense. Because they think if they could uh, block off the spiritual thoughts and catch you just in the materialist thoughts, well, then you're, you're trapped in the material paradigm and you're much easier to control. That being the case, they could, they could actually, in, through artificial means, through just strictly physical means, they could capture your psyche or your soul in this place by doing this kind of stuff. Uh, because, see, they're trying to equate this to brain function, brain fibers, length, different lengths and variations of brain fibers in order to bring about these thoughts from manifestation in the mental plane uh, to the physical plane. So this is why some of the, the uh, dark occultists that run this place would be very interested in this type of idea. Whereas the vast majority of the people involved with this transhumanist science or this brain science are, are just very much thinking in terms of the material paradigm that we live in. Okay, they're not thinking in terms of the spiritual, and many of them are probably staunch atheists or, or secular humanists who believe there's no God, there's no transcendence beyond this place. The only means of immortality would be to create it ourselves by transferring our consciousness into a machine. See, so these are the types of people... This is like middle-level management of this stuff I'm talking about. The people that are actually doing most of the work. They don't believe in spiritual things, for the most part. They don't believe in, you know, that there's a God, that there's a creator, that they're, they, they're answerable to. They believe in the philosophy of secular humanism, right? That man can become God uh, through his own intellect, and that uh, this physical world is all that there is. And uh, that they could manipulate this in different ways. And then the next level up the ladder here in the power structure, when you go up to the high places, to these dark occultists at the top, well, this is an idea that's very attractive to them. Because they believe if you can sever off this connection to the spiritual and to the mind, to the source of consciousness, and trap this uh, consciousness, so to say, this this human consciousness here in the physical paradigm, in the materialist paradigm, well, it's much more easily controlled, and it's it's manipulatable, see, because it's cut off from the source, from God. And that is the absolute desire of these dark occultists. They want to be God. So if they could cut off this consciousness from source, from the mental plane, so to say, from God, they could step in and be the new God of this place, totally control people's thoughts without the free will principle. And that's where the distinction is. God gave us this free will principle. We can choose. Choose ye this day who you will serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And these ideas are very important, okay? We're given this choice of free will. We can either ignore these ideas of, of what consciousness is and, you know, not think about them at all. Don't be philosophical in any sense. Don't think in spiritual terms. Don't think in that term. Just be focused here on the purely physical. We can do that and turn our backs on God. Fall into the traps of the prince of the power of the air here. And follow those types of teachings. It's about mind control and mind manipulation. And they think they could achieve it through physical means. 
and it's it's so nefarious because uh, the idea of being able to control people in physical means comes from this prince of the power of the air. See, he still has full access to the creator, right? He's been given permission. He's been given this dominion over this place for the purpose of humans having free will. Okay, so we have this choice. We can choose. Do we want to serve God? Follow God, the creator? Listen to what he tells us? Listen to these spiritual inclinations that, that come to us, these these different instincts that sometimes will manifest insights. Sometimes we have spiritual insights. Will we listen to that? Will we listen to the still, small voice of God giving us direction? Or will we turn from that and say, no, that's, you know, that's, that's nonsensical, or that's not for me, uh, and, and seek power in this world? And that's where in the distinction is. This prince of the power of the air, he chose to have power and dominion over this world. So God gave him that power and dominion over this world, this physical plane in which we live. So he has the power to manipulate men's minds here, to try to steer them and tempt them into different directions. And if we don't acknowledge the source or God, or these different levels per se, these different octaves of thought expression or consciousness or where consciousness comes from. If we don't consider these things in a philosophical way or think deeply or clearly about them, then we get caught up in this materialist paradigm and we believe everything that the quote-unquote scientists tell us. Then we trust the science, right? Well, the science would have you believe that uh, your consciousness is nothing more but the electrochemical byproducts of the activity of your brain and brainstem. And that's what they want you to believe. And this reading right here kind of made a clear bridge between the thoughts of what the dark occultists would want and what the material world wants and what the prince of the power of the air wants for people here. Because he would like nothing better than to have complete control and dominion over everybody here. And the only way he has that is by cutting off this mental idea. And that's why he's the, the prince of the power of the air. The air is synonymous. It's a symbol for the transmission of thought. If he could sever that transmission of thought from the mental plane, per se, as they describe it here in the occult, or what we would call the spirit of God, down through the spirit into the human spirit and out into the physical world, if he could cut off that communication, if he could... Uh, distort the signal when we use the radio analogy then he could manifest more control here and if he could broadcast something instead of the signal or god if he could broadcast a counterfeit of that in this material place then he can have control and dominion and be as god is just exactly what he wants wants to be the god of this place and there are those in this world that seek this same type of power and think it's very possible here because they're caught up in the materialist paradigm so that's what this is about let's read on and see what else that this reading has to say here because it's interesting and like i said it creates this bridge or this gap it fills this gap wherein uh, some people would often wonder, okay, I understand why maybe an atheist or something would get caught up on this transhumanist type movement and the idea you could transfer your, your consciousness into a machine and this kind of thing. But 
why would anybody that has any type that acknowledges any type of spiritual thing or you know a, a god per se or anything of the sort why would they seek this transhumanist answer and this is the bridge right here this explains it because of this uh, distortion of the old alchemical sciences they uh, explain here that uh, it's the structure of the brain makes certain thoughts possible and if you don't have this certain structure this type of structure in your brain then some thoughts are impossible for you so if you can't think in terms of the spiritual or the godly this prince of the power of the air could cut off that signal from you then you're trapped in this materialist paradigm and you could be controlled more easily and those types of thoughts or ideas could be replaced with something else that's what it's about okay so this this bridges the gap in many ways and that's why it's important that i i brought this up tonight uh let, let's read on so it says here before these haunting impulses can be expressed in thought we have to develop brain fiber which is keyed to that particular vibration this is the real art of brain evolution by the continual effort to express a certain mental vibration through a brain fiber we gradually change the quality of the same until it reaches the point where it is sufficiently sensitive to that vibration to offer the requisite resistance to enable it to manifest in the corresponding thought although the brain fiber may be sufficiently sensitive or rather may be keyed to the proper vibration so as to convey the vibratory impulse to the surface of the brain yet if the cells are not keyed to the same vibration this impulse will never be able to express itself in thought before this can be done it is necessary that the cell be first developed so to the exact degree of vibratory response where it will express that vibration and i'm gonna pause there folks i know this sounds pretty word salady right now like a lot of word salad but bear with me as i read through it because basically what it's explaining is if the brain structure is not there if the physical structure is not there then the thought can't manifest or the person can't perceive this thought and that's an important idea to keep in mind. If there's people that believe this and are acting upon this and are trying to uh, physically restructure the human brain to this end, then would that not explain a lot of things that have happened in society? I wrote a book on this, folks. It's called The Autism Epidemic, Transhumanism's Dirty Little Secret. And here's the occult ties. Right here. I'm going to read on. This being accomplished, the vibratory impulse passes along the fiber, making the circuit to the surface of the brain where the cells are brought together, the positive and the negative poles uniting to form the combination necessary to the manifestation of that particular thought vibration in the form of the thought which corresponds to it in the vibratory value. The entire brain is therefore only a complex instrument adapted to the conveying and manifestation of the diverse vibrations arising out of the effort of the mind to express itself in thought. And I'm going to pause there, folks. I'm going to read that sentence again because this is very important to understand, okay? So when it comes down to it, the people that are really running the show, they understand a certain truth about the relationship between what we would call the mind or consciousness and the brain that we don't and that see here's the thing most people are, are kind of uh, indoctrinated to believe that mind brain and consciousness all these words are interchangeable and they mean the same thing and that it relates directly to the brain that's not true okay so uh 
That being the case, I'm going to read this again. Listen to this carefully. The entire brain is, therefore, only a complex instrument adapted to conveying and manifestation of the diverse vibrations arising out of the effort of the mind to express itself in thought. So basically they're saying the brain is the instrument of the mind. Okay? The mind exists separately from the brain, and it's a type of vibration or vibratory rate. And the brain can only perceive it if it's wired to these certain thoughts, right? If uh, the, the brain fibers correspond in a way where different frequencies of thoughts can manifest in different levels. So that's, that's kind of what it's saying here. Let's read on. However, without this brain, it would be utterly impossible for the mind to manifest itself in thought while upon the physical plane. Going to pause there. So once again, they're saying the brain is the vehicle through which thought can manifest in the physical plane, and that without the brain, thought cannot manifest in the physical plane, or certain thoughts cannot manifest in the physical plane, which would explain directly why these people who understand many of these older occult principles and metaphysical sciences would be interested in rewiring the way the brain works, or the structure of the brain works, because when it comes down to it, it's about blocking off these higher octave thoughts from you okay let's read on and in fact the mind can only act for a brief period of time upon the higher planes of nature when deprived of the physical brain the whole secret of mental operation therefore is based upon the law that all mental action is vibration on the mental octave that each thought is the effect of a particular vibration that in order for this particular vibration to manifest as thought it must have a brain fiber over which to travel possessing the requisite degree of sensitivity to afford the resistance to convey it to the surface and that it must there find a combination of cells adapted to the same rate of vibration through which it may be able to manifest itself as thought corresponding to the vibration which organized it mind is a system of vibration the brain with its fibers and cells is the vibrator and the thoughts are the organized effect of each particular vibration expressed through the requisite combination of cells and i'm going to pause there folks the radio tuner analogy once again the mind would be the transmitter uh, the brain and its fibers would be the receiver, and the spirit, or the thought, would be the signal, right? So, you know, thought moves through spirit and into the physical. Starts in mind, moves through spirit, and into the physical. See how it steps down through the octaves? The octaves. So, this being the case, that's, this is why they seem so hung up on the idea of mapping the brain and rewiring the brain and understanding how the physical brain works because they think they could block out consciousness, which consciousness or mind derives all from the same place. It's a, it's a field, okay? Consciousness is a field. And uh, its source is the Creator, God Almighty. So if they could block the signal from the Creator to your physical being, they could quench your spirit, in a sense, and trap you in the material 
Uh, and that's the whole idea here. That's why they're so hung up on the idea of brain, because according to this, the brain has to have the right types of uh, fibers, as it describes it, in order to manifest these thoughts. So if they could quench these thoughts, these higher thoughts, these spiritual thoughts, philosophical thoughts, deep thoughts about important things, and get you just caught up in the material. Did you watch the football game last night? Did you see that TV show last night? <laughs> this kind of thing. Uh, did you go to dinner at the new restaurant? Uh, th these things. And, and more, more than that, oh, did you see what's happening in Ukraine? Oh, those poor people. The negative thoughts. The negative frequencies. That blocks access to the creator. So you could see this, this idea, this hyperbole of the prince of the power of the air. The air is the trans where the transmission takes place, where the broadcast goes through, right? It's the medium through which the broadcast goes from the source, source through being broadcast through the medium to the receiver. If uh, this prince of the power of the air can distort the signal or block the signal to the receiver, then, you know, you get caught in this material paradigm. And it's a necessary thing that goes on because this is all part and parcel of the same thing. It's the classic battle of good and evil, right? We have free will. It's one of the greatest gifts ever given mankind by our creator, free will. But in order to have this free will, we have to have the choice. Do we want to stay tuned in with the creator or do we want to tune out and tune into something else here in the material? Do we want power and... Uh, you know, all the different comforts in this material world? Or are we thinking in terms of more spiritual, loftier things about reunification with our Creator, with God, with our Source? Are we more fo focused on that? Are we more focused on uh, His kingdom? Or are we focused on this princedom here, which is where we live, this physical plane, this physical world, this manifestation here in our 3D material reality so which things are we geared upon seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you or do we seek material comfort here and material power and wealth and all the good things of this world and don't get me wrong this world can be a beautiful place god created it as a beautiful place but it's this lie that permeates through our society and through humanity that has made things ugly because it, it always comes down to this this choice this option we've been given this free will but when you have the deceiver out there running around lying and making people promises and making people believe false things well then they act upon these false things and bad things happen because that's just how the natural order works right so we could see this, but let's finish the reading here because there was only like a sentence or two left. And then we'll call it an evening, shall we? Mind is a system of vibration. The brain with its fibers and cells is the vibrator. And the thoughts are the organized effect of each particular vibration expressed through the requisite combination of cells. The number of brain cells, therefore, has nothing whatever to do with the range of thought which is possible to a given mind. If the cells are all adapted to a certain range of vibration, they can only express those vibrations in thought. All others 
either above or below that range will be beyond the reach of such brain activity. The theory then of the anthropologists that the breadth of the breadth and power of the mind is indicated by the size of the brain is absolutely untrue. The size of the brain only indicates the raw material which the mind has at its disposal and it must take this and adapt it to the purpose before it can be of any service for the purpose of generating thought. The shape of the brain indicates the range of thought with tolerable accuracy because it indicates the length of the brain fiber in a particular portion of the brain and hence the exercise which it has received and therefore the relative activity of the same and as we know the function of each part of the brain we are able to tell with tolerable accuracy the range of the thought of which the given mind is capable and i'm going to pause there so he's making claims that they could understand this different vibratory rate of thought and one thought being a, a higher order thought than others just based upon the structure of the brain fibers i don't think i necessarily agree with that assessment but this is what many uh, in these occult fraternities and stuff believe this is what these dark occultists that run this place believe that if they could properly trim some of these brain paths or these neuro neurological paths of the brain they could effectively cut off some of these higher order thoughts it, it, it's it's just astounding to see how all of this can can work together in different ways and kind of blend what our modern science is with some of these older metaphysical type sciences or alchemical type sciences. Let's read on. We're almost done. It is not the number of cells, but their vibratory adaptability which counts in giving greater range to the thoughts of which the mind is capable. It is merely a matter of rhythm, and as the rhythm is, so will the thoughts be. The real mystery of the intellectual harmony and discord between different people, where there is no apparent cause, really lies in the rhythm of their respective minds. If they harmonize in the rhythm, all will be harmonious between them. If not, all will be discordant. It is merely a case of perfect natural sympathy or antipathy between the two minds neither one is responsible it is not a question of ethics but one of mental chemistry I'm gonna pause there did you hear that mental chemistry so if they could chemically induce in all of us a certain vibratory rate so to say then we would all get along wouldn't we that's what the that's implying there all right, let's read on. We're going to wrap it up after this next paragraph, I think, because this does go on a little longer than I thought. Each mind has a rhythm or keynote peculiar to itself and cannot possibly come into rapport with a mind which is not in harmony with that rhythm. For the same reason, it must enter into rapport with any mind that is in harmony with its keynote. This law of mental rhythm explains all of those problems which come under the above heads. This is why the great world of thought, which is all around us, filling the mental plane, does not impress itself upon our consciousness. We can receive and take cognizance only of those thoughts which have the same rate of vibration as some portion of our brain is able to respond to and, by the duplication of the same, to express in the mind the same vibration in the form of a thought. Okay, and we're going to stop right there. I'm just going to break that down a little bit. So basically... Uh, it's saying that, uh, you know, some people, based upon uh, the structure of their brain, aren't capable of understanding some of these thoughts or receiving some of these thoughts. Isn't this kind of analogous to what we see in society around us? Why some of us get it, 
some of us understand certain things and others don't. You know, this whole cognitive dissonance idea. When you look around and, and people talk about the whole the whole trope of the, the NPC or the non-playable character. Uh, this kind of a thing. This is an archetypal representation of such a thing. Like, if, if for some reason or another, these people are incapable of understanding or receiving these thoughts from what they call the mental plane here, if the signal's distorted or cut off, to go back to the radio analogy, which is almost a perfect one, um, they can't see it, right? So they don't see in the same frequency range as others who do. And that's why so much effort and emphasis has been put on studying the brain, understanding how brain chemistry works, distorting brain chemistry, rewiring brain chemistry, uh, and brain function. Um, and we could see why the dark occultists, or the occult aspect of this, would go along with this, this whole idea and encourage these secular humanists or atheists that push this transhumanist idea or this idea of consciousness is nothing more than the chemical electrical byproduct of brainstem activity and that being the case it could be equated down to nothing more than an algorithm and if that's true then it could be uploaded into a computer and duplicated so your consciousness could live on in a different mechanism in a computer simulation and you wouldn't know the difference that's what they posit okay i don't think these dark occultists believe that but uh, if they could separate you from your creator, they could have better control or manipulation over you. They could step in and take the place of this creator. They could implant thoughts in your head in place of the thoughts that manifest from what they would call here the mental plane or from God, the creator, source, however you want to view this. See, and, and that's the thing, and that's where this Prince of the Power of the Air comes in. If he could distort the transmission of the signal, or distort the receiving of the signal, or distort even the receiver, or all three, then he could usurp the signal and put his own signal in there, and implant thoughts into your mind. And he's been given power and dominion to do this, because this is all part of the great test that we're in right now it's all part of what's called the revelation it's the tearing of the veil it's the ripping away of the veil we're seeing it happen in front of us so we could understand some of these things some of these ideas people in this world in positions of power and the, the entities or these different powers that they work for are trying to cut us off from our creator trying to sever those ties to our creator to god and make us believe false things in order to trap us in this material plane where these dark cultists and the powers that they serve can become the new god to us you see and give us these different thought forms that are different from what the creator intended and it like i said it comes down to the testing of free will uh, what do we accept? What do we think about? Where, where does our mind focus, right? What things do we think upon? Do we think upon true things? Do we think upon good things? Or are we caught up in this hyper-materialist paradigm, this physical world that we live in, just concerned with things of this world? And I see so many people wandering around in this place, concerned with just the physical things of this world. 
Oh, at my job, my money, my car, my house, my sports ball game, this kind of thing. Oh, I support the people in the Ukraine. Well, that, that's great. I mean, I'm sure they appreciate that you, you think of them. But <laughs> when it comes down to it, what, what are you doing to help? Or like, you know. And some people are trying to help. And I don't buy the whole narrative of what's being presented to us on the TV with that. There's more than meets the eye with that whole situation. And we're not being told the truth on any of it. This is a distraction from other things, in my view. So, you know, that being the case, uh, we see how easily our minds are led astray by this prince of the power of the air. And that's another thing. They, they use the airwaves to transmit these transmissions all around the world. The television, the internet, all of these things. He has dominion and power over that. Okay? That's why we have some of the issues that we have with communications in this world. That's why a very small number of media companies own everything. They control the signal. That's what this is about. The prince of the power of the air is all about controlling the signal and cutting off the source, the creator of the original signal. God. Cutting off the signal from God. That's what he's all about. Getting you hung up on all these other signals. Trapped in your animalistic viewpoints, your materialist viewpoints. And the occultists talk about this kind of thing all the time. It's about transcending the material, the, the, the bestial man, your animal nature. Well, they're trying to trap you in your animal nature so that they could have dominion over you. Because doesn't the Bible say that uh, uh, God gave human beings dominion over the earth and all the creatures and stuff thereof? So if you are your consciousness is pared down to that of an animal, well then those that are awake and conscious and understand who they are and the power that they have, have dominion over you. That's what it's about. It's about control. It's about distorting or breaking of the signal, the original signal. It's about trying to convince people that consciousness is nothing more than the physical brain. It's a byproduct of the physical brain. That's not the case. The physical brain's the receiver. And consciousness is a transmission from the source, or God, through the, the medium of the spiritual into the physical. So, that being the case, if they could break off this transmission and usurp the transmission and distort it and put another transmission in there, they could control your thoughts. They could keep you trapped in this materialist paradigm, caring about nothing of real importance. And don't we see that so much? And we see this disparity between people, how some people get it and some people don't. And it's a cause of tension, right? It's a cause of division. We see all this stuff manifesting around us. And this is all part and parcel of the age we're living in. Like I said, this is the time of revelation. It's the tearing away of the veil. These things are being exposed. They've always kind of been there, but people just never acknowledged them. And we're getting to a point now where, you know, we're beginning to see these things. No thing, no hidden thing will, will go unseen. No hidden thing will go unseen forever. And that's what's going on. All the hidden things in this world are coming to the light of day. So the darkness is being dispelled away. We're living in a historic times for sure. We're beginning to see very paradigm-changing things happening 
in the world around us. And, and this is part and parcel of the reason why. Because there are spiritual authorities in high places here that have been given dominion here and are allowed to try to do everything they can to distort our thought life and our spiritual life and to try to uh, sever that connection we have with God, our creator. They're here to do that. It's, it's opposition. Without this opposition, we can't have free will, right? We cannot choose between God, the spiritual, the divine, and the physical world, and the things of this world. We can't choose what's more important to us if there's no option, if there's no resistance, no, uh, no opposition. It's all about this dualistic nature of things, okay? This polarity, I should say. Dualism is not an apt description of how this world works, but there's polarity, and we're always torn back and forth between polarity and all of these different things. And that being the case, so we cannot exercise free will if there is no good and evil, right? If there's only good, then there's no free will. And, and that's, that's kind of the dichotomy of thought that we have. So it's, it's born out of necessity. We live in this, this place of necessity and hardship, and uh, there's a reason for that. Uh, I'm going to end it here, and I'm going to say, as for me and, and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I'm going to end it with that. Thanks for tuning in tonight, folks. I hope you have a good night, and we'll catch you next time. Come with me.
What can be?